When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, darkness, once again. Welcome into The Perch, our post-game show here at PHNX Cardinals Podcast. Brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Don't forget to hit that like button, please. <laughs> and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And leave that five star review. Shane, you're gonna have to step Sanders. Shane, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to give me some juice, baby, because I'm already Lord feeling low. Hey, I already feel low. You gotta come with some fucking energy, son. Let's go. How am I expected to bring the juice? So <laughs> that's Saul Bookman. This is Frank Sanders. We yeah. are trying not to be sad. Saul, you're outside of SoFi right now. What's the vibe like down there for Cardinals? Uh, well, fans? the Rams fans are happy. Like they're all ecstatic because they just picked the shit out of us. Uh, you know, so uh, I mean, listen, from the from the jump, it was a disaster. It was it was a disaster, and obviously we'll get into that. But the move for Rams fans is they're they're happy, they're excited, and. Uh, Honestly, this whole second half, it was like, okay, well, we already know what the outcome's going to be, like, barring some miracle uh, and the way the Cardinals were playing. Like, it, it, the second half was just a formality. So, uh, not too much energy from this Rams crowd because they kind of knew what was going to happen after the first half. So, yeah, immediate reaction, biggest disappointment. Was it the defense or was it the lack of offense completely? Uh, it, it was, it was, it was for me. The first reaction I have is Kyler Murray. It, you know, people are going to say whatever you want to say about Cliff, but Kyler Murray had probably his worst performance as a Cardinals quarterback, period, at the worst possible time. He did. And he might not want to hear it, but it's true. And watching from, you know, I was, I was up high. I was in the nosebleed. And watching some of the decisions that he made, baffling, just baffling, uh, very – very, very off-putting. I, I can't even. I can't even explain how frustrated it was, it was watching uh, his performance tonight, um, which was capitalized by that errant throw that he should have never released uh, for a touchdown. Uh, the interception there at the goal line. I just, yeah. just terrible. Right. It wasn't good. Look, very disappointing. Uh, the offense, uh, one, two, three, and out. One, two, three, and out. One, two, three, and out consistently. Uh, just statistical numbers. This team was 0 for 9 in third down efficiency. They they never got into, you know, keeping the drive going. And that, to me, is a killer. Uh, the attitude of the team looked like they wanted to come for a fight, but it definitely looked like the Rams wanted to bring the fight, and they brought it today. I think there's some bulletin board material that they had on everyone talking about, or definitely Cliff talking about, that it should be Kyler's. It should be Kyler's best game. And uh, they went out with a mission, and they executed their game plan against us, and we did nothing uh, to stop what they were trying to do. Um, and it just it showed uh, not – you're talking about 21 zip at halftime. The offense looked like they never got rolling. Defensive line for the, for the Rams, looked they dominated completely. And behind that, our offensive line did not stop the defensive line, and so therefore – it put Kyler in some positions that just did not go well. We had no cohesiveness, and it wasn't good. Very ugly uh, from their own set, and it just stayed that way pretty, pretty much the whole whole hey, game. Like Saul said, they knew they, it was over, and it was over. So, you know, this is the biggest problem for me right now is, is how did you go from 7-0 and to absolutely just sputtering? I mean, spinning out of control down the stretch, 
And we'd all like to think that, okay, you got into the playoffs, the reset, things are going to be okay. You know, just maybe this is a, a new lease on life. Um, and this game was a microcosm of what has been happening the last six weeks. It just is, you know? And, and so for, for Cardinals fans, you got teased at the beginning of the season, like, oh, man, we, we're legit championship contenders. And now you got your ass kicked in the first round of the wild card game on national television. Once again, the Cardinals not coming up in, in, in prime time. Uh, it's just embarrassing. And listen, there's a lot, a lot of murmuring about uh, leadership. There's a lot of murmuring about the overall tone of the team. Um, you know, Frank, I know you said that they, they came ready to play tonight. I want to believe that. But once things start going a little haywire, that all that that negative energy, it seems to just come roaring back. And it really it showed on the field. It absolutely showed on the field. And listen, I'm going to put this on Kyler every single time. You know, guys, on the Sun show, I will come hard at D.A. if he if he has a bad game. I'll come hard at Booker if he has a bad game or if he does certain things that that I know he's better than Kyler's better than what he just showed today. But leadership wise, he has got so much room to grow. He has to take it to another level. And and it, it and it starts and ends with him. I don't care about Cliff. I don't care about the defense. I don't care about anything else. It starts with your quarterback. If your quarterback doesn't come ready, you have no chance. And and tonight, Kyler Murray was not ready to go for whatever reason. He didn't perform well. His leadership wasn't very good. His, his body language was terrible on the sideline. It was just an awful overall performance for Kyler. And I'm kind of sick of it, to be honest with you. I'm sick of the body language. I'm sick of the just pouting, the, you know, the despondent look. I'm okay if he gets some guy's faces. At least that shows me that you care. I don't care if you're being an asshole to him. But if you're just going to soak the whole time, Russell Wilson called him out on national television tonight, guys. Yeah. Like, he straight up said, I would be going up to my teammates saying, hey, we're still in this, we're still in this, going up and down, encouraging, encouraging. And we've seen what Russell Wilson has done for that Seahawks franchise. Yeah. Kyler, you got to do the same damn thing. And I, and I want to get to that, but I think Cheerson is ready to join us. Maybe Cheerson has some thoughts on that. And the inopportune shot, the camera shot that they showed of Kyler right after Russell Wilson said that. Cheerson, did you see anything about that or hear anything? And what do you think about the body language of not just Kyler Murray, but the Cardinals in general? Well, first off, guys, I've been sitting in this chat for 10 minutes, <laughs> getting so fired up. I wanted to respond. I'm like, yeah, 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 put me in, put me in. So thank you for finally allowing me to join the show. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I was obviously in the press box. So, uh, you know, I, I, the only thing I saw in that was what was tweeted out. And yeah. uh, so that, that's that. But do I need to have seen anything extra? Is this the first time we've ever heard that storyline? I don't think so. So I think that speaks for itself. At, at this point, like, you know, I even heard, um, you know, some, some other local media outlets make the statement that you know you don't see every play every interaction every uh react facial reaction when kyler's playing in a game and you need to give him a little credit you're not out there you're not on the bench with him you don't know and kyler's not that guy but <laughs> listen if it gets brought up every single game and all three years of your career it's a thing so I don't think we need to question whether that's a thing or not. And at this point in a playoff game, who do you want to be running up and down the sidelines? I can tell you what I didn't see. Kyler getting up off the bench and rallying his teammates. That's what I didn't see. So, yeah, I'm just as frustrated as Saul, as you guys, as the fans, with Kyler Murray's not only his performance but his demeanor as well. But Kingsbury made that bold statement. Uh, earlier in the week saying he believes that Kyler's going to probably play one of the best games of his career simply because he gets up for these moments. It's his playoff debut. This is what he's been, wor he's been working for for the last three years. But even before that, to get to the playoffs in the, uh, you know, in, in the NFL. And he had one of the worst performances of the season. I don't know how else you are going to justify that other than say, uh, you know, it starts with leadership. It starts with holding yourself accountable. And, and then it goes on from there. Probably starts with Cliff and not Kyler. But Kyler's the one that's out there on the field making the plays happen or not. Yeah, Frank, you've been there before. How do, do you notice that when a teammate has 
a demeanor like that or you see your teammates getting down on themselves, how does that affect you personally as a player when you see that? I would be one of the guys that go to him. I, and I, I would be one of the guys that go to him and tell him, hey, man, we need my bad or whatever happened. Let's drop that. Let's focus on what the next play so we can get this thing going. Go tell the offense line this. I'll be the guy that I would be the chatterbox to if I had to be the guy to come tell these guys we need to get it going because you just got to do it. When they realize that's not your guy, somebody has to do it. Of course, James Conner is taking that conversation as being one of the leaders, one of the vocal leaders to getting the offensive going. And, you know, it just – but, again, it, tonight it just seemed like nothing they got going was going to go because the Rams came to play and they just stopped everything they had that was there. They had opportunities uh, yeah. in, in the field. You know, well, listen, I'm not even going to say they had opportunities. I will say this. Uh, you know, for the people that are probably going to try and blame Cliff for this as well, like, they're just – I don't know. Watching James Conner run the ball versus watching Chase Edmonds run the ball, I'm like, why didn't you just start off with James Conner? I don't understand why go with Chase Edmonds. I don't understand the lack of sticking to the run game and at least getting some yards to not put yourself so behind the curve so far back uh it just like i said it just it, it was just an overall disaster and you could try and put it on the defense you know they gave up 34 points for crying out loud but like they're on the field all the time you know like shit they were on the field for like what something short of like 12 plays in the first half completely like jesus what do you expect from the defense oh just awful Makes me yeah but the up. defense was torched got torched almost from the beginning so like it's like who what came first the chicken or the egg who do you blame where was the trickle effect the offense played bad so the defense was on the field more so then they didn't play as well but the defense also didn't start the game off well aside from that marcus golden sack that was probably like the one highlight you might be able to play in a highlight reel from this game and and, and then matt prater's field goal as well like that's all you got but the defense didn't show up as well they're they're their line was like Swiss cheese. Uh, everybody else, it just seemed like they were five steps behind whatever the Rams were trying to do. Uh, they were, they got torched from the absolute beginning. Yeah, and a pretty awful game as you're talking about the defensive line for Chandler Jones to fall asleep on. Um, really just nothing of note for 55 tonight. Um, and I don't think Chandler Jones fell asleep. I just think that, that he's just not that good anymore. Like, like we got to say that at some point, right? You had two sacks in the last, what, 12 games? Like, he's just not that guy. It's okay. It's all right. But you need – we kept hoping that he would step up at, 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 at key games, right? And especially in the absence of J.J. Watt. And he never did. He never did. I almost think so. at this point, J.J. Watt returning only set – this game up for more emotional heartbreak because everybody was so pumped up for Watt's return and ultimately it meant nothing now he did make a little bit of a difference on you know on the field you can point to certain plays and center if you really want to dissect it but the end result was the end result and I hate that he came back for all of uh, all the hard work that it took to get him back for this this is it it was meaningless it didn't matter if he was on the field or not yeah um well you mentioned it earlier, and it was really hard to do, but we do have to name a draft king of the game. Um, <laughs> and that draft king of the game was the one and only Matt Prater tonight. The only guy, as Saul said, that did his job, right, Saul? <laughs> yep, the only guy. The one, one and only. One. Also, uh, also, before we get too far down the road, uh, you know, shout out to Matt Prater, king of the game and all this other stuff. But I think the biggest storyline uh, of tonight – and. I mean, we can talk about playoff football all we want, but, um, man, I, I really, I, you know, Buda Baker is the heart and soul of this team. He just is. And I know, you know, people want to say J.J. Watt, but Buda's been here for longer. He, he, he puts it all out there. I, you know, I know that the, that the reports are that he had a, a concussion, um, but all his extremities, he's moving all his extremities. He seems to be okay. I just, you know, I, you know, prayers out to him. I hope he, he recovers because because that's a that's a big time thing right there with Buddha because that to me when that happened, I, you might as well just you might as well just call the game right there because the Cardinals were in no headspace to really compete after that. Yeah, it took an emotional game 
and just made it even more emotional. And the, the air was sort of sucked out of the Cardinals side of the press box when that happened. I mean, literally, you could hear a gasp. And it looked like it, and correct me if I'm wrong, it, it looked like even maybe Chandler Jones was a little teary-eyed from it. And then as soon as we saw the stretcher, it was like another element. And to see him uh, being carted off the field in that way, uh, a, a, you know, like Saul said, a guy that gives it his all uh, for this team day in, day out, no matter what, uh, that just made it the worst possible ending for the Cardinals. They were already getting blown out, and for a guy like Buda to go down, I'm glad that Mark Dalton gave us an update on him once he reached the hospital, and it seems like he's going to be okay, obviously. But in the moment, it was it was so deflating. Yeah, absolutely. Before before we move on, we do have two super chats. Um, one from Elon Musk earlier. Um, Elon says, "I feel bad for Saul. Had to go to this horrible game." So, aside well, aside from the outcome, what was the environment like for you? Were you excited at all in the first quarter? Uh, listen, the best part of the game was the intros. I'm not gonna lie. Like the Rams, <laughs> they, they, they listen. The thing about LA, even if you go to a USC game or a Lakers game or a Clippers game, like they know how to put on a show, right? Like. Everything around the game is like it's top notch. You like they had RNG and 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 uh, uh, I forgot Montel Jordan here tonight uh, singing at halftime. The intro had my man Nipsey Hustle in it, and I, if I was a Rams fan, I would have been like, "Let's go!" You know what I mean? I was already like, "Let's go!" Um, <laughs> so that was pretty cool. And the fans, to to credit the Rams fans, except for the one jerk that just walked by and said some stupid stuff. Um, they were really cool. The ones that were sitting around, they were cordial. Um, I saw some Ram on Ram hate. Uh, <laughs> literally, when Buddha was getting put onto the stretcher, Rams fans were down by the Cardinals section, actually, and they were fighting with each other, like fist fights. Like, security had to break them up. There was, like, 10 security guards trying to pull one guy off of another, and I was like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? So it was entertaining outside of the game. Well, we we have one more super chat uh, to get to from Mr. Grimm. Kyler looking like a rookie. Cliff not being able to outcoach uh, McVeigh. Vance for not being able to scheme McVeigh. Sorry, I had to use symbols, but this is a family show. Um, game planning wise, before uh, before the game, do you think there was? Do you think that was when the mistake was made? Do you think it was over before it started, or do you think that it wasn't able to be executed? Uh, I'll let you I'll let you start, Houston, on that one. Well, I mean, I think you could point to one. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take just one area of what I felt was mind boggling. And I, I felt like they needed to establish the run early. And I also felt like there needed to be an effort to get Kyler Murray's legs involved. There might have been like one Kyler Murray designed run. So I'll just I'll just take that aspect of it, because I feel like that was a big part of the, what the Cardinals offense did or didn't do. So, you know, they didn't establish the run early. I think Saul mentioned that they would have, that he, they should have gone to James Conner earlier. I would have liked to see some more design runs. And so when you take it from that aspect, it was like, you almost did, did you think it was going to be too predictable? Like, that's what everybody felt like you should have done. So you're trying to do the opposite. I mean, yeah. what are you doing? So I'll take it from that perspective if we're trying to pick apart the offense. Um, sure. I, I mean, I don't know what that game plan was. Uh, if, you know, they always say like the game dictates the play calling, but I, I didn't feel like there was much emphasis on establishing the run uh, early and, and, and sticking to it. So from that perspective, sure. I think, listen, the, the, the real question we're going to have to talk about and, and answer in the coming days, coming weeks, coming months is when you look at this game, can you ever see a scenario where Cliff is going to outcoach McVay? And I think you have your answer. He's lost six out of seven times to McVay, completely outcoached in most of those games. The one game uh, that he didn't get outcoached is obviously the one that they won earlier this season, and it, it, it was a good performance. But McVay is, is one of the sharpest coaches in the NFL, and he put on a clinic tonight. Their, their, their offense, they had open guys all over the field almost seemingly every single play. And you knew who those the guys were going to be. Like, Cooper Cup's going in motion. I'm like, he's going into the flat. Like, that's what they do on, like, third and one. Still wide open. Like, just simple things. Window dressing that, that just confuses defense. And then on the defensive side, obviously, when you got beasts like, you know, Vaughn Miller and, and Aaron Donald, it helps you in the secondary. So, I mean, that's that's – I don't know if that's so much coaching as it is. Just you have a lot of good talent. 
Um, but you also got to credit the Rams. Listen, the Rams went out and got Von Miller. At the, you know, they traded for Von Miller in the season. And then they picked up Odell Beckham when nobody else would touch Odell Beckham. And Odell Beckham murdered the Cardinals in the last two games. Like, and, and for a team that needed a wide receiver, like, they got one, you didn't, they're moving on, you're not. Yeah, not to mention that the Cardinals are not paying their quarterback a max contract. Um, you would expect a better roster to be built around that. But when it comes to defensive scheming, Frank, um, is the is this Rams offense as much of a nightmare as it looks to to plan against, or is there, are there ways to fix it? I mean, I, I think that their their offense they just put their guys in the right position. They know how to attack your weaknesses, and they do a good job of that. Like all night, the running back he ran he ran counters. He didn't really run. He didn't really run sprints, which is just straight outside or toss or sweeps. Everything he did was for cut back lanes, and he, the lanes were right there. And it just seemed like he gashes. Tristan said it best, we look like Swiss cheese. And I mean, it just, it just ran through us without a big deal. So that's game planning and scheming, putting your guys in the best position where they can make plays. As, as Saul eloquently pointed out, Cooper Cup, you know what he's doing, motioning over, sliding to the right. You know, he's going to run a three-yard out, it's a one-yard out. You know he's going to do it. He did it to us when he when we was here. And he hadn't, they haven't stopped it. And window dressing. So it's coaching. Um I don't think that there's a. I don't think our guys were confident enough to go against these guys like like we thought they would have been. He got no pressure on the quarterback. Matthew Stafford never got sacked. He didn't get sacked. Almost 300, almost a little bit, less, a little bit less than 400 yards of offense. And again, that's scheming, putting the guys in the right place. It's just what I did. You know, McVay knows what he's doing, and sometimes you got to try to play that bend don't break. And we were already down by so many points that you're just basically trying to cover up something where you don't get beat deep, and it it just didn't stop. Um, Has well, anyone addressed Frank's tattoo yet in the show? Do, are you coming up with plans to add to it? I want to stay away from that, Tristan. <laughs> you know what? I'm curious. curious look, I love my tattoo. My, my whole goal about the tattoo is that, look, I'm rocking with Cliff. Uh, we said this earlier in the week. If Cliff is, you know, something happens, because our chat is blowing up with, you know, getting rid of the – comment section of all the ones everyone that's checking it checking in they're talking about the disappointed they want to get rid of Kyler some people want to get rid of Kyler some people want to get rid of Cliff um I'm all in on the Cliff I regards to why I got the tattoo what I have seen has not been the guy on the reason why I got the tattoo the last part of the season unfortunately that has been the disappointing part and I wear this tattoo just like I got it when I, when I, why for the reason I got it and I'll wear it proudly for the reason I got it Everything else moving forward. If something happens, we will reconvene this conversation oh, with uh, another Frank. tattoo artist. Frank, we we definitely are going to reconvene. Uh, <laughs> I, it might not be this off season, but it's coming because I listen. It's hard for me not to to be passionate about what I just saw on this field and not feel like man and have a lot of questions. Right? Is Cliff the guy? Is Kyler the guy? You know, like. Those are the two major questions I have right now because watching Kyler these last four or five games, it's just he left a lot to be desired at a, in a moment when you you should be getting better and you should be priming for the postseason. He fell apart. So did Cliff. And this is a habit with Cliff now. Like we all know this. He starts off seasons great and then they fall apart. It happened last year. It happened this year. It happened when he was in college. Like, this is this is uh, you know this is you know a, a routine for him, and you got to ask these questions. You know what I mean? But we can save that for another day because we have a whole obviously we have like a whole another month full of things that we need to talk about. So, so here we go. we're gonna have so much time to have this conversation. Oh my god! <laughs> well, before we move on to the second quarter, Frank, do you even have a turning point tonight? Was it the coin toss? <laughs> he said it was my turning point, the coin toss. Uh, no, I just – I think it was the uh, – once once they got 14 points, and it wasn't just that they got 14 points, it was how we got the 14 points. We did nothing to stop them. Kyler's interception was just – came at the, at the wrong time. And to me, I feel like, yeah, that was my turning point. When Kyler, when Kyler got sacked in the end zone, yeah. he was going to get sacked, but he ended up tossing the ball away. I think that was a turning point because if you look at the offensive linemen, you look at everyone's facial expression outside of that, it was hands in the air. It was slapping of the legs. It was like, why would you do that? We just saw you do that the week before. 
And I'm pretty sure the coach was like, don't do that again. And he went out and did it again in another scenario. So that to me would be the turning point of the game and, 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 and the coin toss. What about you guys? You guys have one? Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's that play, but the reason it's that play is, you know, like I, I'm, when I was driving here, I was watching a little bit of the last dance and they talked about the bulls and the pistons and how, <laughs> you know, like, like there's, there's, you know, the pistons are trying to get in your head. Right. When you saw Kyler react, just fl- flipping that ball up to the, to the defensive back for a touchdown, like you could just tell, like Kyler was rattled after that first drive, yeah. like head eyes down, like looking for the rush instead of looking for his, his outs. He had underneath receivers on multiple occasions and decided to bail out of the pocket because he got happy feet and then bad throws. His technique was off. He's throwing off his back foot. He's skipping rocks. Like, bro, what are you doing out here? You're a professional quarterback and you're playing like an amateur. And so to me, when he flipped that ball up, I was like, Oh yeah, these dudes are all up in his head right now. He's got no chance tonight. None. Yeah. Not, um, go ahead, Tristan. I was just going to say, I don't have a, a turning point other than probably just echoing what you guys said, but I will say the game started to have a snowball effect as soon as the Cardinals, and I think they punted like five times, had two turnovers, and that was like the, the way that their first like two or three quarters went. But I would say as soon as it became a snowball effect where the Cardinals were going three and out, and then uh, <clears throat> the the defense was coming on the field, and the uh, the uh, basically they flipped field position, so the Rams were, were getting uh, short field position yeah. and able to capitalize that on that. I mean, from there it just had a snowball effect. It just had a uh, a little sidetrack because I got a little crazy uh, fan still in the building here. That was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is this is he going to try and? Like she was like, am I safe? <laughs> am I safe? <laughs> um, well, but yeah, so I hope that made sense. But yeah. yeah, no, I got you. Uh, th- there wasn't a lot of good things to look for in terms of the Cardinals, and especially if you bet on them, you probably weren't the happiest. But you might have been happy if you bet on a defensive touchdown tonight, which I believe was probably around plus 1,500 <laughs> on the draft. <laughs> yeah. We're doing it! Is that Wolverine? <laughs> That's Wolverine. I don't... <laughs> That's a real one. I didn't pay one. Well, I wonder if Wolverine showing up to this game. I don't know if those were available. You can bet on many other things, um, like same game parlays, um, hammer the over promotion, stuff going on all the time at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. And most of all, if you're not having fun watching the Cardinals like tonight, um, you could live bet against them or had some other rooting interest in the game other than your emotional investment. Um, and that's what the DraftKings Sportsbook is there for. Um, so download that today. Use that promo code PHNX when you sign up. Um, you can bet just $5 on any wild – you could have bet just $5 on any wildcard team this week um, and get $280 in free bets. They got promotions like this going on all the time. So head over to that DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use that promo code PHNX when you sign up and get those – get your free – Money that's 21 plus Arizona only gambling problem called 1 800 next step. New customers only eligibility restrictions apply. See draftkings.com sportsbook for more details. Well, let's get into the second quarter, um, which wasn't a good one for the Cardinals, but we'll try to make it a good one for you guys. Crystal ball, what does this mean moving forward? Um, well, the Cardinals are not in the playoffs anymore. That's a, that's a sure thing. Uh, what happens now, guys? What are your predictions? <sighs> Hello, darkest, my old friend. <laughs> oh man, you know, listen. I, I think this this franchise is kind of at at a, at, a, at an odd point right now. Uh, they look like they were on the come up, especially when you when you had Cliff and, and Kyler, and you got your quarterback, and you, you think you got your coach. Um, and now they're at a turning point. You, I don't know. This this could go one of two ways. Obviously, that sounds like Johnny Venerable saying uh, it's either going to be a blowout for either side, or it's going to be a close game. I don't know. But, um, you know, I can easily see this going sideways really fast because now you got to try and convince free agents to try and come in here and replace the guys that you're probably going to lose this offseason. Chandler Jones is probably going to bounce. You know, Christian Kirk is probably going to be gone. Like, you got a lot of questions in the offseason. So how how do you turn this thing back into a positive all over again? Time heals all wounds. But, uh, 
this is gonna be a tough one to sell because you've been there for like three or four years under this program and you haven't really done anything yet. And and the momentum you continue to have at the beginning of this season, uh, these seasons, always seems to falter. How do you fix that last part? How do you get past the last eight games of the season on the same upswing that you were in the first eight games of the season? Um, that's that's the question that this franchise is going to have to answer. And Michael, Bid- it's going to start with Michael Bidwell. You know, listen, Kime is still on the hook for all this stuff. You know, like, but I think a majority of us like the signings that Kime had this year. Like, so you can't you can't say that it all fell apart at the end of the year and it's Kime's fault. Like, he put the pieces together, and then injuries and things of that nature obviously affect the team, but. Everybody had injuries. Everybody had COVID things. Like you got to get past it. You got to figure it out. And that starts with with the leadership inside that yeah. that room. And Cliff is the main culprit for that leadership. And then on the field, it's obviously Kyler. So. And I'm sure this super so, chat from Zachary is going to be a big point of conversation in the off season. Is it just me, or is Kyler's reaction to adversity to Pell instead of overcoming after the second and third and out, or after the second three and out? He was alone on the bench, no leadership. Um, yeah, we talked about that earlier. Um, so I have a point to make about. to that and what Saul said. Uh-huh. So the thing that comes to mind, so Saul, so we're, we're talking about Kyler's demeanor, his ability as a leader, um, and his his skill set capabilities as just being a starting quarterback. You've got other guys around the league recognizing that he lacks certain qualities. I would say that Arizona as a whole still has a lot of promise and you still have guys that are going to be really good recruiters. Let's just take JJ Watt, for instance, guys want to play with James Conner. You've got certain guys. And I mean, you can, you can point to players. You can still say that Arizona is a great is a spot that guys just want to live in. Right. There's certain things, you know, that are still redeeming qualities about this franchise. But if other players around the league are seeing Kyler in that way, do you believe in who the leader of this team is and want to come play for a team like that? That might be concerning because you bring up the point with Russell Wilson, and we've been hearing it from other Seattle players as well, uh, you know, throughout the week uh, that were unnamed sources. So maybe it's just because Seattle hates him. Uh, I highly doubt that you can, I, I'm sure, I'm sure somebody's going to say that, but, um, but anyway, it, it, it sucks when it starts to get to the point where other guys in the league are starting to call Kyler out for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, football fan 28 with the super chat. When Odell had more passing yards midway through the third than Kyler explains this game perfectly. I saw that and I was, just, I was waiting for that stat to come because I knew, um, I knew it was going to come out at some point. I want to I want to say something real quick about what Jerson yeah, just it. said. Uh, are we sure Russell Wilson isn't like subtweeting <laughs> or subtexting or whatever we call it? You know, like, oh yeah, Kyler's not the leader that that I would be on the sideline. Like, well, wait, is he is he pitching Arizona? Is that what's going on? Like on national TV? <laughs> I mean, come on now. He let it slip. Like he let Broncos accidentally slip out of his mouth. And Denver Bronco Nation yeah. went crazy. Our <laughs> folks at DMVR went, yeah. went nuts. They're like, oh, put it in the book. He's coming to Denver. I'm like, yeah. dude, chill. What about you, Frank? What's your, what, what is your prediction for this offseason? What do you think this loss brings to the Cardinals? It brings anarchy. Okay. Anarchy. anarchy. Chaos. I don't know what I mean, but I like it. <laughs> That's what it feels hey, like, uh, man. It feels like mayhem and the opportunity to uh, – potentially find uh they gotta go they're gonna go back and look at themselves uh management's gonna look down i don't think that this management has this management has proven that they will draft the first round quarterback and then hire a new coach and let them go right after the following year if they, if they don't fit what we're trying to get to in the long run i think they do have a goal and a plan but i just don't think i 100 it did manifest itself in the long run and that's what you need i said this earlier i think it's very uh, it's a slap in the face to the owner and management when you can't win at home. You should have money. You should be making money at home, and you're making you paying somebody else's bills on the road, and your fans are on the road when you could have won and locked up the division when you was ten and two here, and you didn't do that. So they're going to look at our leadership across the board, what Cliff brings to the table, and Kyler. And to me, I'm nervous because I really believe that what they what they did with Josh Rosen and and and. and the other coach works. I don't. I think they these two guys could be on the table just as well. Real quick, uh, just an update. Answer. Just an update for everybody. Uh, Johnny Venerable uh, is still in the locker room, or not in the locker room, but he's in the press conference. He's waiting for Kyler. 
to get some 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 quotes from him. He may or may not join us on the show, but if he doesn't join us on the show, we'll get his thoughts and some sound bites from him and what he saw, what he heard from Cliff and Kyler and, and company um, uh, on our other social channels. So uh, just uh, check that out there. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I, th- I I don't think they're at that point with Kyler. I I think they put too much into him. I think this offseason, regardless of what star players say and leaders like Kyler should be, they hear all the stuff that people are talking about. They see everything on social media. Kyler's going to hear this criticism of him, and he either is going to take it like he has most criticism and brush it off and, you know, push it to the side, or he's going to hear it and realize that, you know, maybe something does need to change. So I think this is going to be a big offseason for Kyler. It's going to be telling of his character. Um, do you think it, this affects him at all, uh, his personality? What Kyler does is he convinces himself that nobody, anybody who has any criticism for him has no idea what they're talking about. They have no clue. You know, they're not in the games. Uh, the You know, media has no clue what they're talking about. doesn't matter if they're former players. They've got no idea. And, like, you know, I'm great. And I think that's what he tells himself. At some point, you have to look in the mirror and just say, all right, there's some struggles here. Um, I remember heading into this season, I asked him a question. Uh, I, I basically said, you know, at this point in your NFL career, have you learned anything about what it takes to be a leader in the National Football League? And has your view changed about being a leader uh, in the, at, at all during your time as, as a professional football player? And he turned to the side, laughed at my question, and just said no, which he didn't answer the question. And then you take a look at what transpired this year. It makes you think, does he, does he, is he, does he not look in the mirror and just say, you know what, maybe I should learn from some veterans or learn from some veteran quarterbacks who've had success in this league or learn from leaders that are, that are great. Uh, learn from people that don't get criticized for being, for being pouty on the sidelines. All of the things, if he does that and takes a hard look in the mirror, don't, I'm not saying that he needs to not be confident in his skill set or whatever, still be a confident person uh, and, and player, right? But just take a solid, genuine look in the mirror and I want to see maturation from here on out after what transpired this season. But the thing is, is when you take a look at, at, at this team moving forward, I don't, I don't see like, oh, if you just made this one personnel change, if you just swap these two players out, the Cardinals would be a wildly different team. Like, I think there's a bigger problem here, and that's what's a little concerning to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I just think it's this offseason. It's, it's going to be telling of what Kyler Murray can or cannot do. Um, do you think he makes a change? Kyler? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he does because I think that I, I can see a fight breaking out in the future. <laughs> Within the Cardinals? Yeah. I can see somebody addressing him and, and a fight breaking out to make him become a leader and to make him become more vocal. And it has to be somebody that will – that don't care about it. They don't care about starting a fight. And that happens in the locker room. And so if he stays or if he sticks and stays – you got to look at the guys around him and if the guys want to stick and stay. So if nobody want to stick and stay with a guy that they don't have the same confidence in, like Chirson is talking about, then they're going to be out at anything that looks like a potential different quarterback than him. So they're out of here. Offensive line, Zach Ertz, whoever it is, these guys are out without a problem. So that you don't want to lose that locker room off of one person. And so to me, I believe if it gets to a point where somebody has to address him, then I'm looking for a fight to break out and Chirson to have – all video angles of that while she's <laughs> able to get back into the locker room next year because no more COVID. I see that happen. I just, I just don't know if Cliff is that guy to challenge him. I just don't feel like, I feel like that's the other part of this problem. Is like, I don't feel like Cliff is like, hey asshole, you gotta throw it over here because of this, this, and this. Like he's not challenging. I don't feel like he's challenging him. He's probably like, hey Kyler, you know, we want to try and make this play. Okay, yeah, okay, cool. You know, that sounds like Cliff to me, right? It's might be all in my head. I don't know. Cheerson sees Cliff more than I do, so maybe I'm talking out of my ass, but like, you need somebody to be like, no, this is what we need to do because this is what you're trying to, to, to manipulate the defense as and blah, 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 right? And so I don't know if Cliff is that guy. I don't know if Cliff is assertive enough to dictate to Kyler 
what is best for the team and best for the, the offense at a particular time. So the plays that Cliff is calling, maybe if if Kyler was running them the way Cliff wanted to, maybe they would work. We don't know because Kyler's running this offense the way he wants to run it, and it doesn't feel like Cliff is really dictating it to him as much. So I asked this question in my head while I was sitting there because Cliff was hired as head, as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals in 2019. So were two opposite ends of the spectrum. You've got Brian Flores fired, Vic Fangio fired this offseason. Then you've also got in the same year Bruce Arians and Zach Taylor competing in completely different directions. This clip fall somewhere in the middle. I mean, you've got your barometers. You've got your already fired after three seasons, and you've got yours. I won a Super Bowl, and I'm trending uh, in Super Bowl direction with your teams. Where does Cliff fall in that? And so I was like starting to ask myself that question, tweeted it out. But I think it's a fair question to ask. That's a really good question. I think I, I personally, I think he's more toward the bottom. I mean. I just don't think you can say that. And I know this team got to the playoffs after what has been so disappointing before, but this just it leaves such a sour taste in your mouth after collapsing after such a strong start. It says a lot about coaching more than it says about the players. I might be getting kicked uh, out here. What about you? I agree with you on that. It does say a lot about the coaching. They'll figure this out, man. Uh, a lot of people in the chat room is definitely going back and forth with the same conversation. Um, they are definitely leading off statements that they're disappointed they want to see a change they agree with a lot of the comments you guys are making um, in regards to you know cliff not that's cliff might be enabling this situation with kyler as well kyler has had a history of some comments some things that have been out there about him and how he acts you know, as a former player uh, so that to me or as a player um those things are on the table but i like our quarterback i think he has a good skill set I think he's just not he's not getting like like exactly what Saul said. He's not getting that hard coach, that hard loving that he needs to be the man he needs to be in the NFL as a quarter right now. Yeah. Um and before we before we get on to the third quarter, um Tyler did try to take a shot tonight. Um and so did Cliff. Uh and right now, sponsored by the Arizona Department of Health Services, letting you know that COVID nineteen vaccines are free for everybody five and older. Those 12 and older are now eligible for a booster. Visit uh, azhealth.gov for a location near you. Um, did he try tried to take, take a shot? Did he try to take a shot on that play? <laughs> did no, he try to no. Get... Listen, listen. This is Kyler took his shot earlier in the week when he 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 basically was trash talking the Rams. That's when he took his shot. Yeah. He took his shot then to try and gas himself up, and then he came out here and laid an absolute egg. So you took your shot and it didn't work. Guy, like you gotta be better than that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're gonna, if you're going to come at the big dog in the in, in the in the division, right? The the team that's been to the, you know, the uh, to the to the Super Bowl recently, and um, you know they got some dogs on that defense. Like, you better come ready to play. And neither him or Cliff did, and it showed. So you know, if you're gonna take a shot, you gotta make sure it works. And these guys just did not come through tonight. Yeah, I, 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 the, the thing that disappoints me the most, and I'm seeing this a lot in the comments, and I completely disagree with this. Um, they're saying that it's unfair to criticize Kyler in this game because of his lack of depth at receiver and DeAndre Hopkins being out. And to some extent, I kind of understand that, but not to the point of what happened tonight. Look, there was bad decision making. A lack of receivers doesn't make you, doesn't force you into bad decisions. Wait, um, what lack of receivers though? We were talking yeah. about Christian Kirk at the beginning of the year, like, oh, that dude's that dude's gone. Exactly. Like he's gonna get a big deal after this. There's no way the Cardinals are gonna be able to resign him. They got Rondale Moore back, and AJ Green has not been great this uh, as of late this season. But he's their their number two receiver, and he's a he's a good receiver if he is not having those mistakes, I guess. And I didn't feel like he had a whole bunch of oh my god, he can't catch a ball again. I mean, you have. Three solid receivers right there that I name. It's not and a bunch Zach of, Ertz too. They went out and Zach got Ertz Zach Ertz well. too. Yeah. And so two I would, great I pass say that at all. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I completely disagree with Yo, that take. Like, if, um, if Aaron Rodgers could come into State Farm Stadium with like 
you know, a bag of nickels and some band-aids and, and be able to get them some touchdowns. Like Kyler Murray should be able to make it work without DeAndre Hopkins. Like, don't give me that shit. 100%. Like, I don't even want to hear that at all. Like, you got you got the Rams on the other side. Like, Van Jefferson, really? Like, still, you have Cooper Cup, who has been developed in the system. Hello, that's what we're trying to talk about, right? Cooper Cup has absolutely flourished in the McVay system. Because he knows what his role is and he's developed in the system. Can Cliff does can Cliff build a guy like that? You know what I mean? And when I say build a guy, I don't mean, oh hey, we just drafted, you know, Rondale Moore in the second round. Let's give him some sweeps because he's really fast. Or let's throw these bubble screens because he's really fast. Because the shit yeah. doesn't work. Like you gotta be more creative than that. That's what McVeigh does for the Rams. He puts his players in the best positions to either make the defense get fooled. Or utilize their assets to, to the best of their ability. That's what he does. OBJ, another example. Cleveland couldn't make it work for shit with OBJ. No, Baker Mayfield couldn't make it couldn't make it work with OBJ. Yeah. But he came over here, and Stafford's not the greatest quarterback in the world. But be, between McVay and Stafford, it was a step up, and OBJ knew that, and and now he's reaping the benefits of that. Like yeah. so, Kyler has plenty of weapons. That's not an excuse whatsoever. Yeah, and before we move on, just a reminder, COVID-19 vaccines are free for everybody, five and older. Those 12 and older are now eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov for a location near you. Um, I love the picture, by the way. I love the picture right there. It's like, oh, there it is. He's trying. He's trying. Um, All right, well, moving on to the third. uh, Cheerston, what is our cheers to you tonight? So my cheers to you is that all of us and – you don't want to be on the losing end of it, but every Cardinal that was a part of this game was a part of history. This was the first ever playoff game played at this stadium. PHNX was out here for it. It's unfortunate, but everybody's going to be able to, to point back and, at, at this moment. And I feel like it was a it was a cool moment that we got to be out here. That it's Saul's Saul's here, Johnny's here, I'm here. We've got Michaela and Leah. We've got you guys in the studio. Um, I think we we did a great job with playoff coverage. Uh, we're officially capping off our first season at PH football season at PHNX, right? Woo! <laughs> Um, and we got the chance to break this stadium in in terms of the postseason. I know that, like, you know, maybe people in Arizona are like, whatever, it's their stadium. But um, it was a pretty cool moment for anybody that got to be here. It was probably, I'm sure, uh, something that, that at least we're going to be able to look back on in, in 30 years and say, uh, when they're knocking it down to build a new one and say, we were at that first ever playoff game that was ever played in this stadium. I, I just felt like it was pretty cool that we got the chance to to cover the Cardinals this season uh, and, and be here for their the, the last game of their season. Yeah, well said. Uh, was it as confusing as you thought it was going to be? Did you find your way up? Okay. <laughs> it, it was when we were trying to get in because nobody knew – where like we were trying to get down to the concourse and we were also trying to get back up to the press box and everybody said oh yeah turn right oh turn left you need the elevator nope you need the escalator nope you need and so once we finally got our bearings a little bit it was a lot easier uh but just that initial we've arrived and have no clue where to go and no one else does uh that was a little difficult (laughs) yeah i agree um it, it has been really cool too uh the thing that nobody can take away from the fans and this PHNX crew is those first that first half of the season. Um, that was some of the most fun I've ever had watching football, especially in the studio with Johnny bouncing up and down. Um, so Johnny, cheers to you and your your uh, your childlike behavior when you're watching a Cardinals game. I love it. And cheers to everybody <laughs> that's still in the chat, still joining yes. us, has joined yeah. us all season long. We we wouldn't exist if you weren't here. There's I, I I tweeted this out and I was like being really serious about it. I, I guess I was like drinking the Kool-Aid and really thought the Cardinals were gonna pull off a win. I didn't come here emotionally prepared for this to be the last football game I was gonna cover this season. And now I've got six months until I cover another one. And so it's kind of sinking in just now that we've gotten a little frustration out that like what we did this year was really cool. And uh, this team was special at times and had really special players that we got to witness play for the Cardinals. And who knows what's going to happen in the future. But um, like there are certainly some things and some positives, some moments throughout the season that were really special. Bill, yeah. Listen, real quick, before, before 
I'm not going to let Cheerson off the hook because she's not going to gas herself up. But I'm going to say like Cheerson and Johnny and and Frank. You know, I, Frank's Frank's in the studio uh, two, three, four times a week. But Johnny and Cheerson are the motor behind what we do here with PHNX Cardinals and. Listen, one of the things that we do here at All City with DMVR and PHNX now, and you're going to see is like we own the offseason. Like we will have all the updates. We will have all the news. Uh, we, we will be at the Senior Bowl. We will be at the Combine. Like we will be traveling, covering the Arizona Cardinals like nobody else in the Valley will, will cover them. Like it's not going to be at a distance. Like we are going to be at these places. That's what we do, and it's because we have hard workers like Johnny and Cheerson who put in countless hours to try and get this show uh, to a level that you guys can enjoy um, and come with some different thoughts and ideas. And, and I appreciate both of them for all the work. And you too, Frank. You know I love you, buddy. Uh, I can't believe you got the tattoo. I still can't. That's what happens when I go get married. You get a tattoo on on, on live uh, TV or, or whatever, the Internet, YouTube, whatever. Um, but I love you guys. I appreciate all the work that you guys put in. I know it's not easy. It's not easy to work for me either. I appreciate the patience. So, uh, yeah, pretty cool. I'm just Johnny, proud of all you guys. Johnny, cheers to Thanks Frank. All. Cheers to you guys. Cheers out, <laughs> Anything for you to add about that, Frank? Uh, nah. <laughs> I love him. I'm happy to be a part of the crew. I've learned so much. And yeah, it's it's a great ride, man. Like this is this is great. Being connected to your your to your to your local teams, whether it be professional or collegiate as a former player, I say there's a lot of things that I never got a chance to experience. Behind the scenes, you guys do so much more. You do is you put just as much work in as the guys on the football field. And what I can honestly say is that I really sincerely hear that you guys feel the pain of the work that you put in and not getting the results like like some of the players will, if not all the players. And that to me is something I get a chance to see and learn. And I think that's a special thing. Looking at the comments in the chat with the fans, you know, you get that to me or just have subscribers to the PHNX. I think that's awesome. You know, and me having the ability just to bounce back some conversation, it's pretty cool. So I learned a lot, but I love it. I love the crew, love the group. And uh, I'll do another tattoo again, so. <laughs> You gotta give me that golf course so I can tattoo that. You already said another one's another one's on the way, brother. So we we gonna figure it out what's coming down the pipeline. LTC will probably come up with something. Elon will probably slap me with something. <laughs> you know, your boy Sean, Marks, they're gonna they're gonna hit us with something. I know it because it's going to go down, and I'm gonna make sure I get one that represents a couple. Of, look, I'm a lifetime member. I got the PHNX. Tristan, what comes with my tattoo with the PHNX in my arm? What do I get? A lifetime subscription to our website, gophnx.com. That's what I'm saying, so. it's easy. It's easy. And As you can see, the membership in the studio, or the, the family aspect in the studio is very close, but so it, you get that as well with the membership. Um, you really become a family and an integral part of us at gophnx. Um, there's a lot of subscribers to the website in the chat. Um, they're also talking in the Discord all the time. It's just a really good time. So if you want to become part of the family, head over to gophnext.com. You can get your first month for just 50 cents, or you can get an annual membership for just under 60 bucks, and you get a free T-shirt with that as well. Um, also, they get deals of the week all the time. This deal of the week is buy one, get one 50% off Cardinal shirts. We just dropped a new one. So always be on the lookout for new stuff dropping. we got stickers pack, sticker packs in the PHNX locker as well. And then you also get all the great content from guys like Johnny, uh, guys like Craig Morgan, Eric Montia, Jesse Friedman, Mike Luke, the whole gang. Um, so don't miss out on any of that stuff. And Gerald, I'm sorry, Gerald, I didn't forget you. Um, so <laughs> go ahead and become a subscriber. Subscriber at gophnx.com and become part of the family. Um, also, really also real quick before uh, I do forget, well, I was talking about all the hard work that goes into this, but we had several tailgates um, this season as well. And we can't forget our friends over at Burgang Travel, especially Tyler, who has been working, um, I mean, if you would have come out and seen this event um, and what he put together in just a few days, it, it would blow you away. The The event here at the casino, uh, right here by the stadium, was top-notch. Uh, last night, um, we had Cardinal fans were flying into town and going straight to Manhattan Beach to a couple bars, um, and they were featured on Channel 12 and ABC last night. And so Tyler and Bergang Travel, you know, I just want to say thank you to them so much for for uh, helping us get a tailgate 
and be a part of their tailgate and, and doing this as a, as a kind of a partnership and a joint uh, effort. And it was fantastic. And they've treated us first class the whole time and they've been willing to help us out every, every step of the way. And uh, we look forward to continuing that partnership as we move forward. How was the, uh, how was the, all the events that they put on when you were down there? Did you have a blast? So, uh, well, I'll just say this. I had to wake up at three o'clock in the morning cause I thought I was going to talk to God. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. Other after that, it was, it was fantastic, you know. I, I, I actually, I'm not gonna play it. I promised, I promised Johnny Venerable that I wasn't gonna play it. But I do have footage of my man running on the beach last night, like just the goofiest shit you've ever seen in your life. I was like, what is it? And I was just filming him the whole time, and he just, he's like, Woo! <laughs> you guys want to know? You guys want to know how drunk Johnny was last night? He sent me an "I miss you" text. So we'll. Get, we'll get that. Um, so Michaela, Michaela, and I were sleeping when everybody got home last night. We've got this big Airbnb that we're staying at, and all I heard was like bubbling and laughing. I'm like, we missed out on something, but that whole that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you mentioned Bird Gang Travel, and they're also the sponsor of our last segment, the, the tailgate. The final thoughts that we have on tonight's game. Let's not get too sappy as we already did that. Um, any other, anything else to add about this game or just your thoughts on the Cardinals or any other takes? Well, for the for, for myself, um, you know, this is this is a time to kind of look at this roster, uh, figure out, you know, who who we think is going to come, who we think is going to go um, and kind of reevaluate this whole thing. You know, from a fan perspective, we get the porch. We, we have the good fortune of not really having to be responsible for these decisions. Um, but it's always fun to kind of talk and speculate about what, what the Cardinals should do. Um, and then obviously, uh, you know, the whole off season, like I said, you know, you had talked about it already, but uh, follow us because uh, we're going to be doing a bunch of stuff covering the, the combine and the senior bowl here, which is in a couple of weeks. Um, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a lot of uh, great content coming your way. And um, we're going to utilize the, this entire team to, to its fullest. So, that's all I really have to say. I feel like we just had like a happy moment and I um, like really was like smiling the whole time and felt genuine joy. And so I don't really want to go back to any sort of yeah, sadness. So I think we <laughs> unpacked everything that we needed to unpack in this game. And I'm ready to have everybody get to work on the off season and see how things what? unfold in the off season. Cause we know things. Yeah. Hey, this is Mac. If you guys don't know who Mac is out there, this is our social media person. She's been doing all. Join us on TikTok. We have a TikTok channel, and Leah has been blowing up like crazy. We just put another one up there. So join us on TikTok and all over social. So say everybody can say thank you, Mac. Thank you, Leah, for everything that they do as well. Because Leah was the main producer for Cardinals this year. She came up and she has to deal with my bullshit and everybody else's bullshit, and she does such a great job. So just wanted to bring them on camera real quick. Thanks, Mac and okay. Leah. Thanks, guys. If, so, if Saul had interrupted me to do anything else other than bring on two of my friends, I would be like, Saul, what the hell? I was like, mid-sentence. And he's like, oh, uh, 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 uh. I was like, what? I told you I'm difficult to work with. I know this. <laughs> anyway, I don't have much more to say. I think we unpacked all of it, and I don't want to go down that road again, so... Uh, we're here. Let's uh, let's have a good off season, everyone. Yeah, I agree, uh, Frank. Uh, Eleven and seven uh, at the beginning Ugh. of the season. Well, I, I'm saying it's only just back hey, on. Hey. Up. <laughs> Look, it could be eleven and six, and you now have a playoff opportunity. We are eleven and seven because we made it to the playoffs, and that is a great thing for this Arizona Cardinals team. Look, I know how we start the season off. We had a good roster. Looked like we had a lot of we was going to maximize our potential, we didn't. But at the end of the day, we still got to the playoffs, which was pretty special. It is amazing to be in the playoffs. If you're just one of the 16 teams to be in the playoffs, it's an amazing feat. We did that, we got to that spot, we tasted it. Our young guys got a chance to taste it. And so I'm looking forward to what we will put together in the coming here in the coming futures and seeing what we can uh, what we can develop again. Can we do, Can we get to the next level? where this team is something where we can look to be two or three weeks into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's not doomsday yet, guys. Don't panic. Um, but before we get out of here, um, it is now the divisional round. Life does move on. Um, so you can bet just $5 on any divisional round game. 
And on a money line, if that team wins that you bet on, you get 56 to 1 odds ahead of Super Bowl 56. Um, get bet $5, get $280 in free bets when you sign up using that promo code PHNX this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Guys, it was a fun season. I'm excited to see what post postseason or the uh, not the postseason has um, the off season has to add rather. Um, and I'm really excited for all the coverage that you guys are going to do. So if you want to follow PHNX Cardinals, make sure to do so on Twitter at PHNX underscore Cardinals. Follow Cheerson at Cheerson Sussell. On Twitter, you can follow Frank Sanders at Frank Sanders 81. And follow Saul Bookman at Saul underscore Bookman. Saul, what's the underscore there for today? The underscore is there for the ball that was thrown up by Kyler for the touchdown. Oh, man. <laughs> weird being said. You can follow Johnny at Johnny Venerable on Twitter. Um, and you can follow me at Shane Deef. Uh, and follow us on TikTok, guys. It's fun over here. Um, anything else, guys, before we get out of here? Nope. Great. Well, we'll see you guys here sometime soon. Thanks for tuning in, as always. And peace.